0: Welcome to Food and Loathing, where we are marking ourselves as safe from Hurricane Hillary after Mother Nature threw us a last-minute curveball and had her blow right past us without a lot of damage in our valley. And I have to say, I'm very thankful for that, since most of my fellow Las Vegans can't drive for shit after a 45-second sunshine. No
1: kidding. True story.
0: Hurricane would just... I don't even want to think what would happen. That's why we're in a desert. Damn it, wow. we have desert driving patterns. <laughs> and here in this desert, I am your host, Al Mancini, a 20-plus-year veteran Las Vegas food writer who left my job at the Las Vegas Review-Journal a little over two years ago to create a new kind of online restaurant guide, Neon Feast, and to speak my mind on this podcast without any editors to tell me what to say.
2: Damn that straight. Damn straight.
0: <laughs> right? but uh, wait a minute! Mean... I've just
3: been consulting with the editors, and oh no! Go ahead, go
0: ahead. No. You do. You. As you can hear, I don't do this shit all on my own, or even without some voices of wisdom in my ear. I am fortunate enough to have some compatriots for this endeavor. Compatriots or compatriots? I like patriots. I heard both.
1: Go with what you like.
0: Either one. You guys could be one of each. One compatriot and one compatriot <laughs> in this endeavor. These folks are always willing to tell me when I'm full of shit. Let's start with my co-host, another local food writer and the creator of the Wishbone and Vine food blog, Ms. Samantha Gemini Stevens. Hello, Gemini.
1: Hello, hello. How are you today?
0: Good, we're doing this all via Zoom, and man, even after a pandemic, and God knows how long of fucking everyone in America learning to use Zoom, I still feel like the first time somebody's great-grandmother tried to use a cell right? phone or something today. Uh, every just... time
1: I introduce new technology, man, I feel older and older.
0: I know, it's a mess. This is just nature's way of telling us we have to get in the same room together more frequently, yeah. or the tech gods yes, telling us that.
3: Or somebody's but, PDR. That's why we have to here. I like
1: yes, that.
0: Yes, that would be nice. That's Rich always wants to be on location. <laughs> always on location, they're always eating. But to make sure all of this stuff works, tickling your eardrums with his technical tweakings while he tickles your funny bone with his tales of fast food explorations, he's a technician on a mission, huh. our mixer and our fixer, the inimitable Mr. Rich Johnson. Hello, Rich. A
3: little peek behind the curtain making it even weirder is that we're on Zoom, the meeting app, but we're also using zoom the podcast mixers so when i say connect your zoom to the zoom uh, and sam gemini's head's going to explode
0: zoom's not really a trademarkable word i suppose i expect a big
3: legal fight someday and we'll be in the middle of it
0: i'd love to i used to do trademark law but again too much too too far off on a tangent This early in the game, Um, everybody, we have a great interview coming up with Chef Brian Howard. But before we get there, we like to bring you up to date on where we've been dining because Las Vegas has a lot of interesting restaurants. Reporting on them is definitely a 24 seven job for which you need to always be dining out and always hungry. So we do the hard work of eating everything in the hope that we can bring you the information you need to only eat the things that you enjoy. Ladies first this week, Gemini. Um, oh, what's wow. been on the menu for you since we last broke bread together?
1: Oh, well, I found another new place because I'm trying to include two or three new places a week in my in my exploration. Um, Rosalie. And so brushes- we just stopped
0: saying James Trees, James. Trees. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, <laughs> yeah. I don't
1: know. As much as I love all of these people, like I want to I want to give our, our listeners other options because there's so many in the valley. Um, so yeah. I found a new place called Rosalie breakfast cafe, not to be confused with Rosalie French cafe, uh, mm-hmm. Rosalie breakfast cafe is off Sahara and Cimarron. And, uh, we did two visits and we ordered the breakfast burger and between the two visits were very different. One time it came out, just the burger perfectly cooked all the stuff on it an egg. It was beautiful. The second time it came with like fries and and vegetables and all of these things. Uh, The burger was a little under, or a little overcooked on the second one, but overall, honestly, it was really delicious. We really liked it. Um, The breakfast tacos were tasty again, but there's just little minor things. Um, When you stack a bunch of stuff like that together and it sits under a heat lamp for a minute, it gets a little soggy, Um, but again, taste was there. The shrimp and grits, Perfectly cooked, just a little bland. Well, so is,
3: isn't aren't grits just really a butter delivery device?
1: Well, yeah, I wanted a little butter, a little salt, especially if you're doing it with shrimp, or make it make you know spice the shrimp up while you're cooking it and mix yeah. that into the grits or something. So I'm finding a really hard time finding really well savory flavored grits in this town. There, everybody, I know that there's this thing between butter and salt or sugar or, you know, all these different ways to eat it. I just want to find something consistent that has those savory notes that I love so much. But again, perfectly, perfectly cooked. So I added a little butter and salt on my own and good to go. Um, and then Could the Greek salad. Me, can,
0: can I get into a, a Greek yeah, question? Cause I've yeah. asked some chefs this and I'm just really not sure. You know, I'm not a home cook, right? Like, so right. I know food and I've researched food, I've reported on it, I've interviewed people, but I'm not, you know, I, I don't claim to be an expert on this shit and I don't cook at home. Yet to get somebody explain to me, what's the real difference between grits and polenta?
1: Um, Polenta is more of the corn meal where grits uses that little um, nub that you find in corn is my understanding of the difference, because there are texture differences. It's not just a way of cooking the same corn meal. Um, And please, somebody correct me, because that's just the description I've always been given. So I'm willing to learn if I'm wrong.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, no, you got a better answer than I had. So um, you you taught me something. That's cool. Thank you. And I didn't mean to interrupt, but I no, not at all. Not at all. I just find
1: that that people cook them really well, but they just don't add a whole lot of flavoring. And so I'm looking for that savory flavor. So if it's out there, somebody please get a hold of me and tell me. Um, (laughs) And then we had a Greek salad, which was super tasty, really delicious. Everything was fresh, but the description was what I think of a Greek salad, which is chopped cucumbers, tomatoes, herbs, maybe some feta, some olives, things like that. This was more of a salad with some Greek stuff thrown in, um, but still really, really delicious and uh, just too many greens and not as much vegetable as I would like. Um, Popped into Garage East to have a drink with a friend and then silver stamp for a nightcap because when you're in that area, you got to hit both. Um, Cal- of course, Garage East being on California in the Arts District and the Silver Stamp being on third or on Imperial, rather, near third. Um, Saturday night was date night. So we went to Main Street Provisions first. We wanted to have some snacks and some drinks but, and watch a little preseason football uh, before our show that night. So we uh, got to say hi to Chef Patrick. We got to meet some of the new people behind the bar, at least new to me and had a fantastic time. My favorite cocktail that night was a Buenos Dias Mezcal cocktail. Um, Super tasty, a little bit fruity, not overly sweet, because that's not my gig. Uh, But the snacks were really the the star of the show. We had the crispy shrimp, which also included crispy pepperoncini, crispy pickles, um, and crispy zucchini with a basil aioli. And then we had the grilled octopus that came with like a garlic aioli and some yucca, fried yucca, and a few other things. And both of those were the perfect complement to a cocktail, a glass of wine, getting us ready to go to the show. Um, Incidentally, we went and saw Zeppelin USA at Smith Center. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I felt very, very young (laughs) in the theater
0: because Uh, everybody's 150 fucking years old right right and
1: and the seats were super comfortable so there's always that chance at taking a nap uh, if you're too (laughs) tired but it was a really high energy show and it's not expensive. So if that's something that sounds like it might be in your wheelhouse, just go to Smithcenter.com and check it out. I think they still have
0: a few shows. Is that an orchestra um, doing Zeppelin? Uh,
1: um no, it's like it's like a rock tribute band. Tribute
3: band yeah. And they get oh, okay. out there
1: and the guy does the singing and they've got the the solos on the guitars and the drums and
3: there's I mean, a
1: keyboard sort of of fleet is
0: at this point. Is <laughs> that why we have Greta Van <laughs> fucking fleet? To be exactly oh we yeah, <laughs> have reading the rock ball.
1: To, I'll, I'll have to play Play, you know, one against the other and see
0: how we feel about <laughs> Saturday night. <laughs> I, a funny story, man. I, You know, Zeppelin's one of those bands they very early in my life, I was just sick of them. Right. Like they were already, yeah. you know, by the time I was a kid, they were already dead and classic and everything. And so all through my teenage years, lo- you know, you love them. Everybody says they're the greatest band. You just keep hearing the same songs over and over and over again. This is the way I'm getting to feel about the Red Hot Chili Peppers now. Huh. Right. Like I'm just I fucking had enough and I'm almost getting to feel that way about the Foo Fighters now. Right. And it's nothing wrong with these bands. Just fucking, you know, I've just heard the same songs over so fucking long in my life. And I was getting that point in Zeppelin at about the same time that I had the chance to um, meet and interview Jimmy Page and Robert Plant a few times. And they were such fucking assholes, like the biggest (laughs) fucking assholes I've ever met. Oh, no. Both of them together, separately, (laughs) independently, never nice, always horrible. And um, one time I was interviewing John Paul Jones and I was like, oh, you're the... You're the coolest uh, former member of Zeppelin I've ever met, and he said, "Oh, what do you mean by that?" I said, "Well, no disrespect, but the other two are fucking assholes every time I'm around them." He says, "That's okay. I was in the band, and they're fucking assholes every time they're around me too." Here's a
3: 1977 radio DJ hell. Every other call, please stairway to heaven, man. Oh my god, stairway to heaven. We,
1: We ended up leaving a little bit early. I had not been sleeping well. I was exhausted. I felt bad. I was yawning so much. I didn't want to ruin anybody else's experience. Mm -hmm. and uh there was only about a half an hour left or something like that so i'm kind of glad that we got out before the stairway to (laughs) (laughs) heaven.
0: oh yeah god just be glad you missed that one i mean i've actually to to be fair i have seen um you know them do that song live at at live aid right so um well, you know, well, I, you I know definitely... it was only a
1: two-hour concert, so there's only so much so much so much room for songs. I mean, I think we got a whole four songs.
2: Because <laughs> yeah. right. yeah. the songs
1: are just so long. Yeah. Uh but it was still, okay. it was still there's a our good music night review.
0: Out. <laughs> That's yeah. right.
1: There's a music review mixed in there. Um, so we eschewed our plans to go to Hachi, um, which I still recommend. It's one of my favorites, but our reservation wasn't until 10 30 that night. So we called and they very graciously let us cancel our reservation. Um, so instead I used, uh, one of the apps. Yes, I did it. And we ordered old school pizzeria because oh. I had to do some supporting, even though I know the apps are evil mm-hmm. and we had a delicious half and half pizza where you can put, you know, there's specialty pizzas, you can split the pizza in half and they'll make it up. So John's was mostly meat. I had added some more vegetables to my side. Um, really, really great pizza, even delivered because pizza degrades in delivery. I get that. This was super tasty. Um, everything was really fresh and I just couldn't be happier. Um, and then another new place, I think, Part of me says I've been there, but I've looked through all my notes and I cannot be sure. I tried Lou's Diner off of Alta and Decatur and I just got the liver and onions. It's been a craving lately. My iron's probably pretty craving. low. <laughs> so, yeah, your iron's low. Man, yeah, when well, my iron's low, spinach, I, I, ate, I need my liver. liver and onions. And uh, it, really delicious, really well-cooked piece of liver. Um, the onions weren't over-caramelized. They weren't under-caramelized. They still had a chew to them without being mushy. Um, and the brown gravy that came with it was super tasty. Um, n- nothing needed anything else. Um, everything was flavored wow. really well. So yeah, super happy to another, find another diner and add that because I, you know, you know, I love my diners and my breakfast. Oh yeah. Food, well, you're so. not too
3: far off on it being a new place. The uh, website says serving people since 1969. <laughs> well, for Very Vegas, good. that yeah. kind of new. That's, that's, new. That, yeah. Vegas that predates the city. Predates
0: <laughs> yeah, anyone exactly. who lived there except about seven friends of mine. Building were the dam damn back. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So um, I haven't tasted their other diner goodies, but definitely if you're a livered onions fan try it i really enjoyed it
0: i may have an assignment for you then all right um i've been tallying up um the new neon feast um votes and in the comfort food category i think we got a few votes several votes i believe i'm gonna have to go back and check for Lou's diner so i'm gonna need somebody to write up that entry for me so I will somebody happily who wants to that. go back and check it yep. out and i
1: will go back i'll eat there out on my more. dime
0: again i and, will, be, um, I will hmm. be that girl to get the neon feast audience up and running. Is that it for you this week? That's me. Yeah. Okay. So just to switch things up, I'm going to go next. We'll leave rich bat and clean up today. That's a baseball (laughs) thing, right?
3: And That actually is incorrect, but yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I know it would be fourth, right? But yes. there's only three of us. So you're cleaning up our little Fourth mess, in so. your hearts. Thank you. Fourth, you're fourth <laughs> in my hearts, third on the lineup. Um, so, as Rich and Jim and I know, I am in the process, like I said, Neon Feast, we're doing that. So, I um, sent out this survey to dozens of local chefs, bartenders, restaurant owners, journalists, influencers, the people I trust. Ask them to name their favorite spots in about 25 categories. And my original survey had about 100 categories. That was a lot to ask people to do at one time. So now I send out about 25 or so at a time, several times a year. And um, a lot of my friends still late getting them back to me. But the first couple dozen are in and we're starting with the tabulation. And I've begun tallying up a few of the categories. One of the big vote getters was Chef Francesco De Caldo's new restaurant, Basilico on Buffalo near the 215. And while I have had some of Las Vegas's top writers um, writing these new listings for me, and I'm hoping Gemini will do it, I'm also yeah. writing a few of these myself. And so I opted to write the Basilica one. So I've been making a few return visits and I made my last return visit before um, writing up that entry, so I didn't do a lot there. Really, just a plain margarita pizza because I had not tried their um, their pizzas yet, right? And a lot of people were saying yeah. they dug the pizzas, and I really dug it. Um, I, it was more like a smaller version of an NYC style um cheese pizza than it was like a traditional margarita the sauce was really well seasoned the crust was foldable with a nice chew all good with me so um another another positive report on basilico awesome. pizzas are good they're small you know they're they're bar pies for the most part but they're not cracker crust bar pies they're definitely closer to like a new york style um yeah. bar pie hybrid sort of see i like so, a pizza
1: that size that's something i can dig into
0: it just when you do that kind of crust it's a drastic difference based on the size yeah. i find like and it's it's just the nature of that style of pizza that smaller ones yeah. come out looking more like like they were kind of made by your bartender as opposed to pizza <laughs> even if a great pizza does make them you know i sure. don't know there's something about that to me um but but they do good pizzas so um, basilico it's already up on the neon feast app right now It's been added um, one more Italian restaurant to add, and that list will be done. Meantime, the next night, I dropped by Forte Tapas to help them celebrate their 14th anniversary. They, of course, are on the app and have been from the beginning. For people who weren't in Las Vegas for 14 years, 14 years ago, it's probably hard to imagine how groundbreaking Forte Tapas was with these Eastern European cuisine that they were serving in the Burbs over on Rainbow next to a Lee's Liquor next to a UMC Quick Care yep. and not where people were expecting to get these Balkan de- Balkan delights but they were you know so fucking good that the place has really blown up 14 years in um, you know they're still doing strong so congratulations to Nina Manchev um, I did you know, just some Spanish dishes at the party. Gambas uh, alaio, um some pan con tomate with manchego cheese. And then I had a little conversation with Nina Manchev. 14 years. How's it feel?
4: It feels insane. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, it's a long time and time goes by really fast and really grateful to have made it this far.
0: You um, opened offering a type of food that a lot of people weren't familiar with. Obviously, it was was billed as a tapas restaurant, but you had a lot of Eastern European cuisine. Were you ever worried that it wasn't going to catch on? And how soon did it catch on?
4: Uh, I mean, every... The first, the first couple of years that we opened, absolutely because people just didn't get it. We were fortunate that like chefs and foodies, like yourself, like they understood like we were trying to do. And then probably the biggest moment was when uh, first when you guys like put us in the book, of course, and then when we were in diners, drive-ins, and dives, it made us really familiar. But I mean, that challenge never goes away. Every year is like for us, especially it's a brand new year with new people coming in and that that haven't been exposed to us before. So we still have to like relive that like it's not completely familiar what exactly is this but i think it's been it's been uh more seamless like throughout the years like closer to closer to now if that
0: makes how, sense how has the menu evolved over that time
4: um i think it has we we still kind of carry more towards like the eastern european and mediterranean but it's still pretty consistent a lot of things kind of fell off that just weren't working so we've been fortunate that throughout the years that we can actually kind of change the menu and adjust and like add different things and people aren't before when we would change something on the menu people would be mad like they would come in here something would be gone they're like we're never coming back because one thing was gone but now i like how not only uh we've been able to evolve but like how the whole culinary scene is evolving it's really special
0: Is there one dish that has emerged as a signature dish for this place or one dish that you would tell people that don't worry if you've never heard of it before. Try it. You're going to love it.
4: Uh, For sure. The Ajarski Kachipuri, which, you know, it's like the bread bowl with the egg and the three cheeses. Uh, The Balkan grill has evolved and become something that people are really coming after. It's like all the different grilled meats from the Balkan region. And then what else? Um, Probably... Probably like the Borscht and the Solyanka, like the, the Russian style soups, all the dumplings. I mean, those those are probably like the big hit makers. Yeah.
0: On Thursday, Sue and I attended the grand opening for the Venetian's Juliet in the old Dorsey space. Of course, man, look, we did a full episode on Juliet. I think it was last week. Uh, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on that part, other than to mention that Mark Wahlberg showed up to pour tequila as he is hey wont to do anytime yeah. there's a gathering of people <laughs> in Las Vegas. You know it's a good party when Marky Mark shows up to pour the tequila and he was there. So congrats to everybody at Juliet on the opening night. But as much fun as that was, it was not the high point of my evening. The high point of my night came after I was leaving Juliet. I was craving some sweets. Sue and I were going, oh, should I go to Crumble Cookie on the way home? I'm too fat. I should, you know, you, I mean, we've all had that. <laughs> oh, we've in our all head. done it. Yeah. And um, Sue was saying she wanted to pick up something sweet to bring into work the next day for her team. And suddenly, as we're walking and having this conversation talking about Crumble Cookies, I noticed a new donut shop in the Venetian. So I figured, what the fuck? Let's check this out.
2: Right. Um.
0: So... It was a really spur of the moment decision. Honestly, I didn't even take note of the name of the place, which I come to find out is Donut Teak. So when I walked yeah, in, baby, Sue and I open. were shocked to see one of my all-time <clears throat> favorite pastry chefs, Karis Um, The last time I'd seen Karis was at Picnic in the Alley, where she was yeah. serving a Lox donut. So I guess I knew Donutique was coming. She had the Donutique sign up there. But I had no clue when or where. And despite the fact that Karis, I think, works with the Lev Restaurant Group, there's no media blitz for this. Um, She was trying to do a soft opening to get things right before they invited in the press. But here comes me rolling the fuck in. I think (laughs) Louis Victor was in there wrapping up photo Oh, I love her. Um, The media push is still at the planning stage. Um, But since I was there, I will tell you what I thought. And the donuts are amazing. I, you know, I, I've been following Karis' career since she was at, I think maybe uh, with, I think she was maybe with um, Yardbird, Yardbird. Um, yes, in, that sounds yes. familiar. Yeah, and I think before that she may even have been with um, with Danielle Baloud. But I mean, she's just been in this town for a really long time. She does amazing sweets, and oh, yeah. these donuts were truly amazing. Um, I personally, I loved the honey and truffle. Although the savory flavors on that one didn't really work with Sue. Um, I also love the passion fruit and the mango. She sent us home with about six or seven, but um, Sue took several into the office, so I didn't get to try all of them. But um, other flavors just that she's making, matcha latte filled with matcha mousse and topped with vanilla tuli, a vanilla tuli, um, a maple and bacon, a banana cream. Then there's cookies and cream, blueberry yuzu. I mean, the list just goes on and fucking on. And the prices that I noted range from $4 for French vanilla all the way up to $9 for the truffle honey. I didn't want really to bug karis for an interview that evening since this was an unexpected drop-in but i hope to have her on here soon to well, talk we about could it. go there oh yeah <laughs> go, we could Heel go trip. There. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a, about, <laughs>
1: talking I th- about on location i would not be mad to record at Donutique. yeah
3: yeah yeah <laughs> i think i saw that sign coming soon Donutique, like six months ago in that spot i totally forgotten that there was donuts coming up there so it's a long time coming
0: it's a big space. It's a really big space. And, um, yeah, it's beautiful. And, you know, there's a I think press release coming out on it later today, I was told. So we'll have more of the dirt for you. I'm then. excited. Um, look, there's a spot at Arizona Charlie's called River Rock Pizza and Pasta that just opened about two weeks ago. And this is not normally something that would excite me, but I kept getting invited to it. And I'm a big fan of Bradley Manchester, the executive oh, yeah. chef at Golden Entertainment. Bradley oversees the food at all the P.T.'s pubs, as well as several hotels, including the Strat. So windows on the or top of the world. Excuse me. That's all him. Um, I've been a fan. Obviously, there's a local chef. There, there's a restaurant room chef as well. But, you know, he oversees all of that. I've been a fan of Bradley's through his time at Station Casinos. Um, his short-lived glutton on Carson Avenue on the corner uh, of 7th of Carson, which is now where <laughs> 7th and Carson is. Um, he went over to Virgin for a while. Might have still been Hard Rock. He did the Oyster Bar over there. And um, so now he's with Golden. So I am a big fan. So when they kept inviting me, I said, fuck yeah, I'm going to go. So soon I went over there um, kind of, yeah, I guess Friday night. I think we went on a Friday night. Um, so what am I going to tell you? What do I have to tell you about this river? First of all, the place was originally in Laughlin at the Aquarius casino. Uh, it has a rock and roll vibe guitars on the wall, that kind of shit. Um, The menu is more Italian-influenced than straight-up Italian, and it's definitely geared more towards the masses than towards people that I would say are foodies, okay? I think foodies are going to find a lot of things just reading the menu that are going to make their eyes roll because there are some surprising dishes, (laughs) like a spin on pasticcio that's made with tortellini and served with meatballs. Um, So, I mean – and I didn't have that dish, so it could be fucking awesome. I don't know. But I, I saw it and I was like, what the fuck is that? What the, it's a little weird. But, um, you know, so if you're looking for, like, authenticity, this main, you know, you're you're probably going to yeah. have some raised eyebrows in this place. There are a few weird dishes i mean i'll tell you that right off the bat but don't be put off by that because if you can get past the for the people kind of menu this really this is a scratch kitchen the food is fresh the food is good and the even though it may be a little creative um you know the, the uh, good ingredients well prepared and it, it works in most instances even the weird shit kind of works um I really liked my pizza, which had a cracker crust. Um, It was cooked perfectly because there was a heaping helping of sausage, peppers and other toppings on it. It held them up firmly. Right. It was cooked just enough, but you could still fold it. It would snap, but, you know, it wouldn't just break apart. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was really a perfect crust for what I was having with that. um, I liked their bruschetta, which came topped with a scampi style garlic shrimp. Mm. Um, Again, a little weird, but it was cool. Um, I really loved the calamari fries, which were calamari steak cut thin and then fried with a really well-seasoned breading, accompanied by some pickled peppered marinara, lemon basil, and pine nuts. The shrimp and the shrimp and salmon poutineesco was a little weird. Um, no pasta. It was under pasta and entrees, so perhaps my fault for assuming there would be pasta. I would if I see poutineesco, I would have assumed pasta, right? So yeah, we just got some salmon and some shrimp. And the pudinesca sauce really a lot creamier than a traditional, or a, a lot more liquidy, a lot creamier than traditional pudinesca sauce. So needed I needed some pasta, it sounds like it, it, it definitely needs some fucking pasta to sop that up. Right. So, yeah. Um. again, a little weird. But at the end of the day, if I wasn't hung up on what he was calling it, yeah. they were just calling this Chef Bradley's you know, salmon and shrimp, I would have really fucking liked the dish. Okay. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's weird when you get in those things where, you know, the foodie in you started being a snob, like <laughs> ah, this isn't done right. Blah, blah, blah. But then you're like, yeah, but it's fucking good. Right. So could, could you this know, place... know that... go ahead. No, I just don't know that I'd make a trip there you know, to that part of town, Arizona right. Charlie's on Decatur, just to to eat this food. But if I was over there, it's good food. And the team is amazing. I mean, they were only open two weeks. The team knows the menu inside and out. They've got little stories to tell about the dishes and the chef. So, you know, I really do like the place, and I hope they do well. But, Rich, you had a question there. Could
3: this be too hip for the room? I mean, it is Arizona Charlie's. It is Decatur. No,
0: I think it's, it's hip enough for the room. And that means not hip enough for snobs. And I am a yeah. snob. <laughs> and yes. as, as a result, like there, there's definitely some things that made me kind of roll my eyes, you know, but like, if you've never had pasticcio, real pasticcio, then maybe this is a way to introduce you to it. Yep. Right. And in, in a context that, you know, it, but you're not going to you know, but but be forewarned, that's not what, what pesticcio normally is. Yeah. So like the, things like that are fucking weird because I think if you go in not being a snob and not, you know, wanting to tell the team that you know more about their food than they fucking do, which I'd say we're all probably victims of from time to time. Anybody that listens to this podcast probably that kind of person from time to time. You can't be that kind of person here, you know. Just go in and enjoy the food. If you're in the neighborhood, I definitely would swing by. I mean, there's not a lot over there that I know of. Um so You know, it's cool, but it is a locals casino and it's aimed at a locals casino market. You know, so that's what I would say with that. Um, I also returned to Nene for sushi. Um, I'm just going to repeat one of the best deals in town on the high end sushi. Um, If you're looking for Otoro, Chutoro and Kimo, you know, things like that. um, You get them and you get them at a good price and you'll get them done well. Botan Ebi I had this time around. You know, you don't see that all the time. Um, So really good. So quick reminder. Also, congrats to my friend Jim and Tisha Bagley, who celebrated their engineering company's 13th anniversary and they pre-celebrated Jim's 50th birthday um, (laughs) over at Anima. So as you can expect, you know, that's good. Phenomenal. and It was great and saw a lot of cool other cool kids in this town over there. So bravo to them. Uh, Anima is also doing some wine dinners. So I'm thinking of um attending one of those before our next recording session. I could tell you a little bit about that. Yeah. Went back to Ada's um, again, James Trees restaurant. It's my favorite of the James Trees restaurant. Definitely the most experimental of all of them. Um, I love it. We talk about it all the time. I, of course, had the um Gambas Alayo, which they know uh, just yes. called garlic, garlic shrimp, shrimp because people would never order it. The other way, um, so it was great as usual. <laughs> Two dishes that I hadn't tried before I did their crudo red snapper crudo, which was topped with mango, red pepper, ihe amarillo, and lime. And to me, it was a fucking amazing preparation, but too heavy to put on a crudo. Um, I loved yeah. what was going on, I loved the competing flavors. There were so many things. Um, battling it out on my taste buds. But the problem is crudo is supposed to highlight the fish. And I thought it was too busy for the fish. Uh, okay. At the end of the day, I would have liked to have had that maybe on a cooked red snapper. I think it would have been a fantastic preparation. So l- liked it. But now I like my crudo personally. I like my crudo a um, bit more respect for the fish. Um, then I also had what the fuck did I have? Oh, I had this zucchini grilled zucchini dish, which was nothing to look at. Like you take a peek at it and it looks like, you know, the tiny little thing. um, And you're just like, Oh man, what, why, why did I get this? This is not exciting, but Oh, Holy shit. Once I dug into it, you know, as that place does, you know, everything that they do is fantastic. Um, There's a little basil regatta in there. There's pickled fennel and then crispy chickpeas. And it was light. It had contrasting textures, contrasting flavors, just so fucking good. And yeah, no flaws on that dish. I mean, really tiny little dish. Oh, it's easy to overlook it. I would definitely tell people to get that one. Um, And that's about it for me. Rich, how about you, man?
3: A light week dining out. uh, The highlight being lunch at Ping Pang Pong over in. uh, Yeah. 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 Gold Coast. Not Gold Coast. What am I saying? Yeah. Gold Coast, of course. Gold yeah. Coast. Now, you've heard yes, me be less than effusive about Taste of Asia, the new place at Sun Coast, spearheaded by one of the former principals of Ping Bang Pong. Yes, so I, I to, like
0: that place, by the way. So. I
3: wanted to get the baseline dim sum experience, and it is solid as always. Beyond solid, it's great. Hambau, Shumai, other delights. Uh, the big space that is really not all that new anymore, but it's the first time I've been in since the bigger yeah. model. Man, that is a delight. The energy in the room, filled mostly with Asians. Taking breaks from baccarat and gow poker is, is a lot of fun. A couple of fast food journeys. Okay, I got I to gotta okay. call you
0: out now. Yeah. Did you ask them if that's where they came from, or did you just assume that because they were Asian in a casino? Well, gotta, gotta they're Asian like I'm here. Norwegian. Okay, where that assumption came Asian-American. From. <laughs> okay, is that what you
3: mean? No, I mean, uh, why are you assuming he's more, what, they more were, of what the games gambling they were assumption. playing? But because I looked at every single baccarat and paigal table on the way, and there was not a white face on the tables
0: <laughs> so but you don't know these for the same people that's, not but that's okay I'm profiling that's observation my... and okay. i and also
3: i love it it's it's one of the great energy places because of that both the, at the tables understand. and at, uh, ping ping bang, yeah and you know as we all know the one racial profiling we do in food that i think everybody should do is if you look around at, a, at an ethnic restaurant and you're only white guy in the place you've come to the right place
0: yeah, it's usually good. It's well if you're the only person not of the ethnicity yes. that they're cooking there. Like you know, if you go to an Italian restaurant, you'd like to see a lot of Italians in there. You know, same thing. Go to an okay, Asian okay. restaurant. Right. Certain the Chinese, you have to. Yeah, I, 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 I agree corrected. with you there yeah Ah, oh, dude man i'm just covering your ass
2: i know so we don't
0: get sued how's
3: our insurance these days?
0: okay oh yeah that insurance yeah checks in the mail
3: couple of fast food journeys i was in the mood for a sandwich and i knew i would be banned for life from this podcast if i went to subway so i went to uh porta subs the one on west charleston oh well there you go a step up porta yeah. subs. fun fact this company is based in reno it has about 150 stores they're all in the west And it was just fine. Four-meat Italian with cheese, toasted uh, mayo, lettuce, tomato, onion, oil, and vinegar, oregano, black pepper on sourdough. Toasting made the sourdough a little tough, but otherwise a solid sandwich. And the whole process is just like Subway. You order, you look at it, you say, I want this, I want this, I don't want that. And, and, you know, you get exactly what you want, which is great. Uh, The other one, for which I am not ashamed, uh, four-piece chicken meal at KFC. Original yeah, they, recipe. Brought it home. Watched uh, about four hours of Jack Ryan on Amazon, and uh, I loved it. That's, see,
0: there you go, man. I was going to make fun of you, but you also were watching Jack Ryan. Another thing I wouldn't do. So maybe they go really well together. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly.
3: <laughs> uh, and, maybe uh, that's what
0: oof, KFC was made for, Jack. Or maybe yeah, that's what Jack Ryan on Amazon
3: was made for. Uh, fourth fourth and final season. I've got about three episodes left, so don't no spoilers. Spoiler. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, I know Jack wins in the end no spoilers. I
0: forgot he had a TV show. I thought he was just There's a movie been several
3: so. attempts, but uh, this yeah. one uh, this one actually worked out pretty well. Uh let me uh take my last take. Not really junk food, but fast food is now part of my new portfolio. Fast food from the freezer in the grocery store. I I had uh, several items from Saffron Road I bought. The chicken pad thai, the basil chicken. Last night I had the butter chicken. Yeah, no, it's not restaurant quality, but it is as close as I have come from something out of the freezer in the grocery store. Very good. Sure beats the swans and turkey dinners we all grew up with.
2: Now, Saffron <laughs>
3: than you could make
0: yourself in 15 minutes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: The, the Saffron Road does direct mail order. Uh, mostly their sauce is in the bag. They have recipes on the website which usually involve cook some meat, cook some vegetable and put the sauce from the bag in the thing. That's that's the recipe. Uh, but the frozen entrees, you can, I got at Smith's, you can get at Albertsons, you can get anywhere. They do Mexican, Indian, Thai, Korean, Moroccan and a couple of Chinese things. They tout their ethically sourced ingredients. Uh, they have both kosher and halal. In fact, the parent company is called American Halal Products. Based in Stamford, Connecticut, uh, Saffron Road, uh, I, I like that stuff. I will get more. All right. Well, coming up Not the news. Not to confused with Silk Road, where everybody used to buy their drugs. <laughs> Which actually they right. reference <laughs> on the website. Yeah, yeah. That's where right. You bought silk. No, I, I was <laughs> talking about the one where you bought yeah, your yeah. drugs. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> drugs, spices, eh, tomato, yeah. tomato. Coming up in the news, we have a Burker speakeasy. Echo and Rick brings in the James Beard Foundation. Monzu hosts a charity event for ALS two Maui Strong charitable culinary events, and more. But first, Al talks to Sparrow and & Wolf and Half-Birds chef Brian Howard. This is Food & Love.
5: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive
0: You want more Al Mancini? You can hear me all week long on all of the Highway Drive and Vegas Vibe radio stations delivering the Neon Feast foodie updates. Also keep your eyes open for my appearances on Wake Up With The CW and my videos on the @vegas social media channels. And you can find some of my writings at VisitLasVegas.com. Okay, so sitting here in Half
6: Bird Chicken and Beer with Chef Brian Howard, it's been a little while since we've spoken. Chef, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, man. I couldn't be better, to be honest with you. I'm really kind of uh, got a whole new mindset on the direction I'm going in life right now, so I, I feel really good. Yeah. Well, you've been going in a great direction, so I don't know that you need to change direction, but maybe gears or something Sometimes would be bit, right. Sometimes it gets a little fast, you know, yeah. overwhelming. But uh, I think I'm learning to manage and kind of organize myself a little better than I always have, so it's good you're going to have to teach me some of that at some
0: point. Um, but, Chef, well, I know we have so much to talk about, new Half Bird coming online, maybe some new menu items, things like that. But, you know, what was really interesting to me, because this is a topic that's close to my heart and close to everybody's heart in the local that I know in the local community, is this magazine article that I saw on Fortune recently, which was speaking about your work um, with workplace recovery. And, you know, you were um, Spaghetti on the Walk, which is the company that you have that owns um, both uh, – both Sparrow and Wolf and Half Bird Chicken was cited. John Anthony was quoted in there. I can't remember if I saw a quote from you. I know you were mentioned, but uh, you were being held up as an example of this workplace recovery program. And I just want to
6: talk to you a bit about that, if we can start with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something that, you know, when we created Sparrow and Wolf and, and set out to actually open up restaurants on our own was one of those things to kind of ensure that we created a safe place, right? And most... Most cooks and restaurant workers tend to gravitate for that because <clears throat> it tends to be a, a place where you're surrounded by different people with different vices and you can kind of relate, I guess, and, you know, it becomes that band of pirates, if you will. And, you know, throughout our our, our time growing and maturing with what we do, we, we've figured, you know, like it's time to make some kind of efforts and change in what we do and really start to promote, you know, the days of, like, taking your team out to get trashed after work or, like, you know... Uh, giving away awards that are mostly promoted by alcohol or wine. And not that those things are bad, I guess, sometimes, but I feel like it's always been the reward or the focus, right, uh, of this industry. And, you know, the late nights and, and all that, where now our our goal is really, at least starting at the top, has always been to find better ways we could be healthier and last longer in what we do and create better work environments for, especially now that the, the whole paradigm has kind of shifted, in the universe essentially with the way people are working, the type of workers that are drawn to us or the people that are even leaving our industry. Um, So we knew at that point, like we wanted to double down on what we do. Uh, We've always kind of been the take a lot of risk company in terms of we're very giving, you know, the things that we've done for our employees it goes beyond like bailing somebody out of jail, but like, hey, I'm short on rent this month or, you know, I need an advance or, you know, how do you handle stress? You know, all these kinds of things we've adapted to be like, okay, well, we give a lot, but really now let's start promoting what we do in a way of like maybe we can challenge others to be better with what they do, right? And see, there's been so much talk about why the restaurant industry is a bad place or a negative place lately, and it's been glamorized uh, or glamorized like over the last two years, especially more so of like the raging chefs, and that's all you see, but you don't see the good side of it, right? And that's, I guess, that's our goal right now is to be able to say, these are the things that we're doing, not only just on the recovery end of things, but creating an environment that is a healthy place, a happy workplace, and a place that hopefully will attract new people to be a part of, because I'm romantic about it still. Like I grew up watching you know, all these chefs on TV that sh- showed me I could do so much with food, right? But now we're teaching people the other way, and, and I, don't, I hate to see that. I hate to lose what I'm so happy about and what I've been doing my whole life uh, to that kind of glamorization where now... Let's build it for, build it to be better, I guess. Uh, so with the Recovery Workplace uh, Foundation, you know, it's something we started about two years ago and, you know, we really just like, we just want everybody to know that there's, there is a place, there is a second opportunity for you. It doesn't matter what you've been through in life or, you know, the avenues you've gone through, you have a, a home with us, right? And we can give it a shot, right? And, I, and the one thing we've learned, most of those people that have come through our doors are so happy that they have that opportunity. They're the best workers that you're going to get. They're the the best team members. They're the prime examples of what, you know, uh, what we want to be. You know, what our core values are. And you know, it's interesting. I've I've covered music
0: half my career. I've covered restaurants the other half of my career. So clearly, the, that party atmosphere, right? I mean, something that I've always been drawn to, just as a journalist, creative people. They tend to work hard, play hard, and there's a lot of romance, romanticizing of that when you're younger. And I don't even know if it's necessarily that on, all that unhealthy for 22-year-old kid to get caught up in that for a little while but as as you and i have gotten older i think what we've seen is the toll that it really takes and and that is where you know suddenly i don't want to be a guy who's like well you shouldn't party but you know now i see the people that we've lost to partying i see the i and it's it's not partying at a certain point it becomes addiction it becomes
6: something bigger it it is a hundred percent your escape and you know with the recovery foundation thing it's something that you know like i've never really kind of come out and talked about where I grew up and like the things that I came from but you know addiction has been something that has been huge within my upbringing from I lost my mother at 8 to crack I lost my father at an early age he left, you know because of drugs my you know there was just so much of that you know throughout that and like I had to do it myself so I, I did everything and I you know I've been to the bottom on my own and but at one point I had to make a decision and a choice to to go a different route because I saw the win right and for most people it's really hard to visualize what that win is right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, for us, it's just it's something that is impactful. And, it, and th- I think that's the big thing for us is that, like, you know, our core values, one of them is legacy, right? And I don't want to just open restaurants because we can open restaurants or cook good food because it, it's pretty on a plate or it serves the purpose of someone's night out. right? I want to do things that, you know, food is one of those things that have always been that I learned at an early age, brought my family together, even the ones that didn't like each other right it's one of those it's something special right so if we can do things that go beyond the four walls of what we do in the restaurant and do things that impact people in our community uh on a whole nother level then we're playing just a small part right and that's that that's much more rewarding than the other end of it you know and given that we have lost so many people in this industry to, I would say, mental health
0: problems in general, um, but oftentimes those substance abuses are a, a form of self-medicating past mental health problems. Um, so I feel like everyone in the industry should be concerned with this. You know, we watch the bear, and the, you know, they they draw huge attentions to the problems, but yet you. I guess it's good because they're showing people getting assistance. They're showing people get treatment um, or at least get um, counseling, I should say, and things like that. It's really cool. But, you know, talking about what we can actually do in the restaurant itself, what owners can do to make a difference, that becomes, you know, something that nobody wants to go that extra step and really have that conversation. And I feel like that's the conversation that you're having.
6: Yeah, it it definitely makes your life more challenging, right? But the reward is much much more greater, you know, than just coming in, like I said, opening up the doors to do dinner service or throw a dinner party every day. It's like open up the doors and figure out how you can make impact on the people that are there because it starts with them first, right? And we understand that like if the, the, and I say the people because I kind of refer to what we do is I'd rather be in the people business than the, the restaurant business, right? Because you're cultivating something that can be really special. And if you do that, there's a bigger investment from them as well, which it's a win for everybody at that point, you know? Um, And, you know, again, like having somebody, you know, beyond like HR, I've got an ear to, to listen. Right. But now, Hey, I'm really stressed out. It's okay to call out, call and take a day off and be an adult and just say, I need a day off. Right. I'm working too much or I'm having, I'm going through this or maybe, you know, um, someone needs to learn how to manage their stresses better. So we teach them organizational skills. We teach them task management skills and, uh, short-term goals, and, and one of the things that I, I talk with my team about, and I hold weekly mentor meetings with my staff members from both restaurants. So every week I pick one employee that I sit down with for an hour, and we talk about their uh, short-term goals all the way up into what we call the motherfucker, right? And, the, you know, you have the 30, the 60, the 90 in that one year, and then we say, okay, this is the big one that you're going to go to, uh, that you're going to try to achieve. And our, our thing is never about the, the 12-month goal or the long-term. It's about today's goal and tomorrow's goal, which ultimately equals the big goal, right? And so we try to teach our team members this kind of stuff. And I, and I think it, it goes much beyond just cooking, right? And, you know, I, I, like I said, I think if you can really develop people, uh, especially in this day and age when people are so distracted, um, you know, I, it's one thing that I'm, I'm constantly, it's one of our mantras is be 10% better than you were every day, right? Or be, than you were yesterday, uh, but like, if you can just be one percent better and like, you know, figure out new ways to step forward in life, I think I think it's it's not going to hurt you, right? Yeah, you know, there's definitely uh, could be some positive that comes from it. So is
0: there a blueprint out there? Are there organizations that helped you put together the the plans that you're using? If somebody's listening to this and they own a restaurant, they own some restaurants, they, they're, they're gung-ho with what you're talking about, but it just seems too much to throw their arms around and, and tackle on their own. I know there are some organizations out there that you worked with. I also think some of them might be happy to learn from what I learned from this article is that there's actually programs where they can get money for this from the state and things like that? Where is is there one resource they can go to and kind of find out okay here here are some things that'll help you do this here are some things that'll help you help your team
6: yeah I think uh you know there are those out there you know I mean we're kind of writing one as we go but you know, and, and based on what we want to do for our own self-improvement. But, you know, uh, here, you know, you have the RH Institute uh, with Mark Steele who, you know, fosters these programs to some degree, and they work with, uh, they were the ones that introduced to us to the Re- Recovery Workforce uh, Foundation who, you know, yeah, they can. you can get tax credits for those employees if they stay long enough for you. And I, to be honest with you, I never really cared about the money, right, I, I, or, or those credits. You know, sure, it, it'll help because, you know, you're, you're applying the the extra time and labor and resources that you're putting into the program, which cost you money as a, as a, as an employer, uh, can go in and assist with, with those employees that are coming through the door. So, but yeah, I mean, they're, they are out there, you know, uh, one of the, one of the ones, uh, that I love in town is, uh, the love yourself foundation, uh, Monica over there, she's doing great things. You know, they're ones that come into the restaurant every now and then when we feel like we need a little bit of a reset, you know, uh and, you know, the, the wheels are spinning too fast and we've been too busy and, you know, everybody's kind of flustered and stressed out and these are the things that happen in restaurants. It's like, restaurants are fucking grind, dude. It's, it's, it's hard work, right? And it's nonstop and there's pressure. And like, so you have to, you know, you can't drive the car 100,000 miles an hour or 100,000 miles without changing the oil, right? So bringing, uh, you know, people that have these uh, tools to come in and help people think about how to handle and manage that stuff like we can reset the staff in a way of hey we do a meditation today or we're doing sound bowls with the team or you know these things that you know one they may introduce something new to someone that's never even experienced anything like that or they may think hey, you know this is a little funny for for coming to work you know but at the end of the day we find that it's it's really impactful on our staff and helps with us well thanks thanks for that information
0: um, some food just arrived here anybody listening wants to know what I could smell and see right now it's absolutely delicious and um, I'm being tempted away. I've got some ramen here. I've got some corn. I got a little salad. Could you tell people about what just rolled up in front of me?
6: Yeah. So, um, you know, half bird chicken and beer, right? We, we like to say we're the best-in-class chicken. You know, uh, we wanted to do things that were really focused on just good roasted chicken and really good product uh, and, you know, that is a little bit of a level up than what's out there in our communities today within the quick-service restaurant. So, um, you know, today you're eating our, uh, our rotisserie chicken ramen. So that, that That chicken's been slow cooked for two hours and then you know we source a a great handmade noodle from japan so the product that you're getting isn't it's not cheap it's not store-bought it's it's fresh you know Um, and then we make our own uh, chicken miso broth here with a a 60 degree egg and some nori and sky and then uh, a little chili garlic crunch on the side Uh, because we like to focus on the rotisserie and things that are make you feel good when you eat them, right? This isn't about just everything coming out of a fryer because that's what every chicken spot that's open right now, it's all fried, right? So uh, for me, when we set out to do this was like, we were always kind of looking for something healthy to eat. I'm like, I just want a simple roast chicken and salad, right, and uh, so we've accomplished that. Uh, We use Redbird Farms chicken, so it's all pasture-raised, organic, naturally grown, you know, uh, and just delicious. And we don't do a lot to it, right? Simple brine on it uh, and then roasting. And then what you see is our, our seasonal corn right now. So uh, because corn's in the height of it right now, we do a little um, uh, togarashi honey and uh, miso miso butter on it and slow cook that for about an hour and a half in the rotisserie, our rotisserie butcher wings, So you get the whole wing. Those do get uh, slow cooked until they're tender, and then we just blast them in the fryer real quick to just get the skin nice and crispy and toss them in our uh, signature mala spice. Uh, so it's, you know. Again, it's, we're not reinventing the wheel with anything we're doing here. Uh, we're just turning the dial a little bit with the flavor profiles and making sure that it's something that you feel good about eating when you walk out the door.
0: And this is very soon. Uh, right now, of course, we're here in Chinatown eating this. We're on Spring Mountain Road right in the middle of, I don't even know, what's the name of this plaza? I think it is the Chinatown Plaza. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure of it, yeah. Yeah, nobody knows, but, you know, it's the pl- plaza with the golden tiki and
6: partage and mas por favor and, of course, half bird chicken and beer. Now open double zero pizza. Yes, Double Zero Pizza. If you haven't been there yet, go check it out. Michael Van Keen, Emily Brewbreaker. that team's doing phenomenal things over. I think it may be the best pizza in town. It's it's absolutely amazing pizza. Um, but
0: you are going to be expanding more. I mean, because, you know, this is, this is not on the Strip, but it's also still kind of in a touristy corridor here. Um, but you're going to be going out to the real neighborhoods pretty soon, heading over to
6: Henderson. Could you tell me about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've kind of created a, a map of the places we want to be in Las Vegas, and there's about... Uh, you know six to seven pocket neighborhoods that we want to be in and really prove that this concept can stand on its own uh, with the rest of the big boys and um, that's what we're doing so first stops Henderson right on the corner of Green Valley and Horizon Ridge next to the Target and the Starbucks in there um, we're about probably a month and a half from opening up the doors and uh, over there we're gonna open up a little bit earlier so we're gonna be open from uh, 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. out there versus our late night hours here uh, because of the demographic and the crowd that's over there we're also gonna have a, a couple new uh, items that focus a little bit more on uh you know uh healthy and slutty breakfast you know items that uh that'll be fun and then uh we're also expanding our beer program over there so we're introducing a self-serve self uh tapping beer system that uh when we set out to do this project uh Hafford was really pre-covid was actually built to be more of a tap house it was never meant to be this small qsr and a thing and then this corner spot came up and as we developed the brand it became this kind of uh you know fun bold exciting brand right and and that's the direction it's driven but as we grow i think the the great thing about half bird is that it's one it's scalable but it's scalable in size too so we could put it in a 400 square foot um you know arena uh place to you know a 5,000 square foot tap house and our goal is to really focus on you know pushing the beer program and having games and being more of a social place where you can come and you know, watch a, a Golden Knights game or a Raiders or soon to be the, the Ignite, you know, in Henderson, and uh, but a place that you can bring, you know, your family and have fun and just kick back. We're going to have some arcade games in there. It's going to be cool. I'm really excited about it. Um, you also did some work recently with World Central Kitchen, Jose Andreas' group. Could you tell me a bit about how you got involved and what you did? Sure. Uh, you know, every, uh, I would say every, probably bi- semi-annually we're, we're focused on charities uh, since we've opened Um, in some way to give back um, on another level and you know we've done everything from like you know planning uh, for every case of wood that we buy for our wood fire you know gone back to plant trees in return or you know uh, the last one was Smokey the bear cocktail that we had a guest create who was uh, uh, someone from Chicago who created something uh, on social media for us and everything we did with that went back to uh, you know uh, regenerating forest fires and stuff and you know we just happen to want to do something bigger and, you know, obviously our relationship with Katie and her relationship with Jose Andreas and, you know, we we're like, how can we tie ourselves to something much more impactful that's globally, you know, and, and like I talked about earlier, it's like those small wins, right, that really are much more rewarding than knowing that you're just going to open the door to to serve food every day, you know, now, now that's great, you know, on, on a level, but, um, I just want to, you know, we want to have a, a our part in, in making an impact on a big level. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I, I uh, when I was in kindergarten, I lost my house. My my trailer had burned down, and we lost everything. And I saw the devastation of what that impact was on my parents at the time. And, you know, me as, you know, losing animals and, and, and stuff like that to see what's going on in, like, Maui right now or, or, you know, with everything that's happening there and that loss and to have people to be able to come and impart great meals for those people immediately. You know, like, and to let people know, they don't have to worry about where their meals coming from right now. You know, I, th- I think that's, that's a big thing. So we launched the uh, uh, strawberry Negroni. Uh, so we're we're giving back three dollars from every cocktail that's sold. It's rolled for about I think about a month and a half now. And we end uh, in September 30th is our last day uh, for that. But you know, it's it's just another way to give back and, and make impact beyond what we're doing beyond the plate. Very cool, man. Um, So
0: that's we haven't really talked much about Sparrow and Wolf. What's new? Maybe coming down the pike. I know you and I talked about new menu items not all that long ago. But is anything new since our last conversation
6: happening that people need to know about? Sure. Uh, You know, I mean, I think as a whole, right? We we formed our company Spaghetti on the Wall. Uh, Spaghetti on the Wall is this idea that we're throwing ideas at the wall and see what sticks, right? I'm a I'm a shiny penny kind of guy. I'm always like distracted by. The next best thing but i'm always creating new things constantly i walk into a room and i will write a concept around a room immediately and i'd have to come full circle to developing it and then deciding whether or not that's something we want to do well i've been doing this for a couple of years now so uh... spaghetti on the wall is you know it was launched to do two things right Be a, a place to foster uh... fun social environments for people to come and hang out and eat delicious food and uh... that makes impact on people but then also somewhere that we as a company can do the things that, you know, we're starting to do some brand development and uh, consulting for companies and offer our areas of expertise of the things that we needed help with when we started, right? And the things that the tools that we've built along the way that we feel are are great and impactful on other businesses. So, uh, you know, we've started to to launch a little bit of that. We have um, a couple concepts, brand new concepts in the works uh, that we'll talk about when the time's right. Uh, But yeah, we've been pretty busy. Uh, developing that, developing the company, we feel like a, a real company now. We're not this mom and pop shop now. Like right? even though we have three restaurants, uh, our goal is to keep going uh, and opening things. Uh, you know, if if the the world feels like it's the right thing to do. But um, you know, I think developing everything now from a standalone restaurant to now having a a real sales team and an HR, you know, and a, and a corporate office, and you know, we're growing up, right? So. Yeah, I think there's a lot to stay tuned for, uh, in a sense. And then at Sparrow & Wolf, uh, you know, we just promoted Alec Pocky. You know, I, I think that's the big news over at Sparrow. Uh, he came right out of culinary, stu- uh, culinary school from the Art Institute with us, uh, was one of our first cooks in the kitchen, has been with us for just about seven years now, and uh, has shown immense responsibility and maturity. And uh, One when I talk about, like, someone that sets goals, right? We've sat down multiple times each year and just checked the boxes and say, okay, this is what he wants to focus on. And it's been his journey, right? Not something that was like, we're moving him in this direction. It's like, this is his journey, and he's he's spending it with us. We're, we're really lucky to have him. Uh, and I'm excited to to work with him further and develop and hone his skills as a chef and really teach him how to be a great leader beyond the one he already is. Um, so that's exciting, and yeah, we got. I think we got two new dish dishes dropping tonight at Sparrow and Wolf, which will be our uh, uh, strawberry and heirloom tomato salad, uh, and then also a new dessert uh, featuring some strawberries. Like five levels of different textures of strawberries, it's gonna be super fun and delicious. Yeah. As you talk
0: about making the transition from being a mom and pop to being an organization, to being a big company, serious grown-up company, kind of, instead of just running a restaurant, you know, I can't help but think that the time that you spent in casinos and within that world probably prepared you for that better than a lot of people who may just be coming out of you know mom and pop restaurants and then want to open their own. I f- have always felt that Really, the explosion we've had at the Las Vegas restaurant scene off Strip, which going back about six, seven, eight years, right about when you were opening Sparrow, is largely... A result of so many great chefs like you who came to Las Vegas to work for bigger names celebrities got that experience on the strip and really got to understand like a serious business degree you know in your head even if you didn't go to school for it working within the casino concept has it seems to me prepared you guys a lot more for going out and doing this do you think that that's made it a little easier to make the transition
6: I like to tell everybody that Las Vegas is probably the best, like, sandbox you could come and train on a hospitality level in the world. You know, um, the the standards of the hotels are always kept so high, so your training is much more rigorous than anywhere, right? So from a a health inspection to a a Forbes list or, you know, every level that you train for, you're taught, you know, uh, even if it is an individual um, license agreement restaurant you still have to cater to what the hotel's needs are, right? So uh, there are some great training programs in this town, and I think, you know, yeah, you, yeah. at one point, I mean, you have, I mean, even now you have some of the best chefs in the world in one place within a quarter mile uh, or in a mile strip that, yeah, of course, it, it absolutely hands down was the best training. I, di- I didn't go to culinary school, you know what I mean? Like, I, I uh, attempted it for a little while, and I realized I want to work in the kitchens, you know, and I want to get hands-on training, um, and, you know, and I know, like, it, the training has changed over from where I started, and what what's happening today. It's evolving into, a, I think, in a, a different, but uh, just as good, good of a what was happening then. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- those things set us up for success. I mean, we walked in the door knowing how to manage an eighteen million dollar restaurant prior to doing a four million dollar restaurant, which made it a little bit a little bit easier. Those thousand night covers that you would see on the strip or six hundred covers, one hundred and fifty it feels, feels, feels like a walk in the park. You know what I mean? Uh, you have your own challenges, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really done a lot for the the, the local community, and to see the, the the explosion of the restaurants that are coming up. And you know, I I, I love the a you know, little soft brag of, but like, you know, I I can save a lot of money by opening up a, a strip off strip restaurant based on what the market rates are versus being in a hotel and have a similar EBITDA line than than they do, right? So. It's a, Circle this topic back, and maybe, maybe I'll, this will fail to land completely
0: with you, but to circle back to what we were talking about, about a healthier workplace and things like that, it struck me as an outsider who's watched um, this town develop over 20 years and watched kitchen culture develop over 20 years in Las Vegas, knowing the chefs that um, a lot of people who are trained sort of in the old ways, the, the much harsher kitchen culture, people who maybe were in Paris when they learned to cook or just in New York wherever with the, the big chefs, um, that it was maybe the fact that they had to work in HR departments of big casinos that kind of changed that that nasty kitchen culture a little bit at least here. Here in Las Vegas. I mean, you know, there's a lot of negative things that are said about, you know, that corporate world, but it strikes me from the outside. I saw some chefs who, you know, were very abusive and they admitted themselves they were very abusive to their staffs, and then once they got in the casino, they could not do that anymore. So do you think that, that, casino, that the casinos themselves may have sort of helped
6: nudge along a, a slightly less hostile work environment in kitchens here in Vegas? I, I would agree with that. I mean, I don't think it disappeared. I mean, when I started in this this city, I mean, I worked in pretty hostile kitchens. Um, you know, all that I don't regret, and have you know, they made me who I am today. However, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's a very valid point when you start introducing HR. I mean, I remember the first time, uh, uh, you know, because when we didn't have nobody was taking videos and stuff until and like middle of my career here in las vegas in the kitchens of what was happening and you know we used to have a a model that came down from a chef that i had worked for of like there was no write ups it was only push-ups right so you earned push-ups throughout the day and you had to do push-ups at the end of the night and that moment that you posted a video with you know your foot on someone's back doing push-ups hr called immediately and they were like this shit's gonna stop now right so so yeah to answer your question yeah the liabilities were much bigger you know Um, There's some fun stories behind that, for sure. Well, Chef,
0: man, this food, I don't want it to get cold, so I'm going to cut this interview short, if that's okay, and we're going to dig in. Thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, Thank you, man. It's an honor. The news is next. This is Food & Loathing.
3: Here you are in Vegas. You're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast. Restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. Want the strip? Off strip? Downtown? Great views? Great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. We are all over social media. Just search for food and loathing or reach out directly info at foodandloathing.vegas
1: and where am i these days what am i doing most important what am i eating cooking and learning find out in time at wishboneandvine.com
3: and one more time that's info at foodandloathing.vegas
1: and my site wishboneandvine.com and it's time for the news Al, you spoke with Chef Sam Marvin recently, so I'm sharing uh, probably a reminder, but I want to make sure it's out there, that Echo and Rig in the District of Green Valley is hosting a James Beard Foundation dinner on October 16th. We're telling you about it early because there are limited tickets. There are only 100 tickets total, and as of this writing, there were only 60 left. It's selling out fast. That dinner uh, includes a welcome cocktail before a six-course dinner with pairings by Uncle Nearest Whiskey and San Michel's. Uh, wine estates, a pre-dinner welcoming and an introduction to the James Beard Foundation to be presented by foundation board members and chef Sam Marvin. So get those tickets on secretburger.com before they sell out. Ellis Island Hotel and Casino announces its partnership as an official venue of the Las Vegas Strip Circuit for the Formula One Heineken Silver Las Vegas Grand Prix 2020.
0: room room
1: Yeah. This local casino favorite is thrilled to announce turn four at Ellis Island Casino with viewing and hotel packages for the upcoming race. Ellis Island Hotel and Casino is a prime location for staying, viewing, and enjoying the festivities taking place November 16, 17, and 18 in Las Vegas. More information is available at ellisislandcasino.com.
0: Expot Las Vegas at the Palazzo is offering a new weekday lunch special or discounts, I should say, available in the lounge and the bar. Guests will receive 50 percent off cocktails and 30 percent off all foods. And that is in the afternoon during lunch hours. The hours written down here. Montu um, will host its third annual benefit for the families of those living with ALS on Monday, August 28th. The $85 ticket price, and I want to stress that $85 because I think I had given you a higher number before, but they they messed around with it and they've come in with a, a more approachable number. So 85 bucks covers lots of light bites, um, cocktails, live entertainment. I believe it's Naomi Morrow and the Montu Trio performing there. There's going to be a silent auction. I believe there'll be a raffle. It's a great event. I went last year. It was one of those things where you see old friends alongside Vegas's movers and shakers all coming together to support a good cause.
2: Our goal is 20000 this year. Yeah. And we give 100% of that money goes directly to them. In other words, we're putting in the staff the food, the building, all the expenses is being paid by us. So every dollar you spend is going straight to them. And don't feel like you have to attend. It's not about the food and the party. It's about giving a donation to ALS. Chris has had relatives from all over the country purchase tickets just so we can give people that, give the organization that money. So please, please, please support this wonderful endeavor And
0: obviously, as you said, it's about raising the money. It's not just about coming out to have a great night. But part of the reason you're going to get a lot of that money is because people know you guys always throw a great night and a great event. I've been lucky enough to attend one of these in the past, and it was fantastic. Can you tell people what to expect from the evening? Either of you?
2: Of course. I don't want to minimize the fact that we do throw a great party. (laughs) Uh, So drinks and and uh, and food will be flowing. We have a lot of uh, um, sponsors for the event uh on the on the drink side but we'll do really heavy appetizers that people said they were so stuffed last year they didn't know what to do my wife Naomi um who's a wonderful jazz singer will be here with the Manzu jazz trio so we'll have a lovely fun uh festive atmosphere and it, it it'll be it'll be a wonderful celebration yeah so if you can make it please do come cuz it's it's an awesome event
0: Tickets for that are available at com slash ALS. Today, Friday, August 25th, if you're hearing this the day this podcast drops, is the grand opening date for the new Game On Sports Bar in Boulder Station. I had a little tour of it a few weeks ago and spoke to the casino's VP and general manager, Chris Gellner, who told me what to expect.
5: A uh, really upbeat sports bar, good food, uh, good quality service, great value, um, you know, really sum it up place you could go on a sunday watch any nfl game you want get a couple cold buckets of beer good food um you know good service and good environment really uh roughly 60 uh screens in the venue uh audio will be able to play anything on any of the monitors as well as uh, music from your favorite playlist um reasonably priced food and beverage options uh, and, and, like, the service, I think, is probably the top top sales pitch, right? Like, great service that you would expect from any of our properties. Um, we partnered up with Blondies. Uh, so if you're familiar with Blondies and Planet Hollywood, um, great feel, great vibe, very similar atmosphere here. It seems like a
0: lot of, I mean, everybody is catching on right now to the having a big quality sports bar, sports restaurant in casinos, which it seems a little strange that we didn't see these for years and years and years, but now, you know, it's constantly we got Guy Fieri opening up, we got Flanker opening up. Everywhere you look, somebody's opening a new sports bar. Why do you think what has changed that suddenly the casinos want to have more than just a little sandwich shop or a little, you know, hot dog stand which for years was
5: all that you could get in a sports book? Um, I I could tell you, uh, born and raised in Vegas myself, um, and I think the evolution of what the expectation from the guest is has changed. Um and what I mean by that is I think traditionally uh gaming operators want want to funnel people into the sports book itself, right? And I think as operators we're realizing that there's a lot of opportunity to entertain um when you focus on the entertainment portion. Um and that's really what game on is. It's it's sports based, but it's not a sports book. If that makes any sense. Um, And I think a lot of the operators around town especially realize that people want more of an experience as opposed to just the gambling aspect, um, which is really where we're going.
0: Does the fact that people can now place those bets right from their phone if they want to on whatever game they're watching without having to run in and out? Does does the, the evolution in the ways
5: in which we can wager, has that affected it, do you think? Uh, I do believe it has. I mean, when you talk about app-based gaming, uh, I think there's no denying the fact that it's it's going to be huge. Um, it, it's already pretty. It's, all, it's already bigger than I ever expected. Um, but between app-based betting as well as kiosk, um, et cetera, there's, there's a lot of other options. It's not just walking up to a counter in a book and being able to get a bet. So tell me about what some of your signature items are going to be here. Uh, I think uh, the burger is probably the, the one worth mentioning the most. Um, chicken wings, uh, and really, I think the the beer specials, um, beer and drink specials, are 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 definitely worth mentioning. Um, and really, everything on the menu is gonna be gonna be a hit in my mind, anyways. And what's the beer selection gonna be like? And will there be any local brews on the menu? There are gonna be local brews. Um, I will I will leave that as a teaser. Okay. Um, some uh, smaller craft beer selections. Uh, And then, obviously, your standard uh, Anheuser-Busch, Modelo. uh, I think uh, Pacifico landed on the menu. Um, Just really great selections all the way around.
0: We All Scream, which is the ice cream parlor-themed nightclub on East Fremont Street, has announced a deal with my favorite ice cream makers, Sorry Not Sorry. Beginning in September, We All Scream will exclusively be serving scoops of eight Sorry Not Sorry flavors. It's going to be OG Butter Cake, Bumbleberry Cheesecake Crumble. My personal favorite, the Honey Ubu Ube Honeycomb. Um, also the double stuffed cookies and cream, triple chocolate chunk brownie, campfire s'mores, two vegan flavors, strawberry shortcake, and Rocky Road. They'll be celebrating this new partnership with a launch party on September 21st at 10 p.m., featuring a set by Interplanetary Criminal in their um, vintage dairy truck ice cream cream DJ booth or some shit Say that that. five times fast. I got to admit, I haven't been in there yet. So sorry for not really understanding that one. Tickets are 10 bucks and available online at weallscream.com. Several local establishments have events happening to benefit the people of Maui. Silverton Casino has aid to Maui menus at three restaurants. For each meal that you purchase from those menus, they're going to donate the cash equivalent of 12 meals to the Maui food bank. So that's available at the Sundance Grill, where you can get a Loco Moco for 15 bucks or a Spam and Eggs for 15 bucks, the Mikasa Grill Cantina, where you get a shrimp burrito for 23 bucks, or a California burrito for 19 bucks, or the Sukasa Sushi Bar, where there's a Maui spicy tuna poke roll for 20 bucks. So buy any of those over at the Silverton. You'll be supporting our friends and family members out in the Hawaiian Islands. In Maui. Um, Honey Salt is also doing a Hawaiian brunch August 26th and 27th this weekend. If you're listening to this one, it's brand new. Five team members of uh, Honey Salt are actually from Hawaii, so this means a lot to them. They've got coconut French toast. Okay, um, Gemini, help me with this one. Coconut French Hawapia toast. Huapia? I would say
1: wapai or.
0: Wapaya toast. Okay. Yeah. It's a, I, I'm not a Hawaiian expert. I apologize. Kalbi <laughs> short rib. That, that's 18 bucks. Kalbi short rib and eggs, 21 bucks. A Pog mimosa um, is 12 mm. bucks. And the Ohana cocktail is 14 bucks. Also downtown container park has moved their Maui strong benefit to this weekend, Sunday, August 27th. They were a little worried about the hurricane last week. It's going to be from three to 9 PM yeah. Hawaiian performers, artists, vendors, um, zumba hula fitness um, food and drink lots of stuff salvation army is going to be on hand accepting donations there
1: i love all friends... the stuff about hawaii
0: yeah i'm so glad to see las vegas coming together for that our friends at saint jude's hospital um are hosting a little shindig on september 8th at resorts world and they actually called me about this yesterday to talk to me about the menu it sounds really good this is a bit of a dine around on the rooftop event space over there, which I really love. Um, I can't tell you exactly what's all on the menu, but I was looking at it. There's dishes from Brezza, dishes from Carver Steak, dishes from Viva, stuff from Wally. So, you know, you're going to be in good shape over there. Tickets are 150 bucks. You can get them at stjude.org forward slash Viva St. Jude. Awesome. And then, um, what else? You got something on 138, right, Gemini? I do. Yeah. Chef owner
1: Matt Myers is excited to announce the August edition of Killer Burgers by 138 Restaurant, the one night only burger speakeasy with a unique menu of show stopping burgers. In addition to some other ones that they've had with the bacon cheeseburger with caramelized fried onions. They have a schnitzel burger with a beef patty, pork schnitzel, red cabbage, a lamb burger with falafel fries and tzatziki, and a surf and turf with lobster, béarnaise, and fried asparagus. They are also introducing the Big Kahuna Burger, beef patty, grilled pineapple, Maui onion, hot sauce, mayo togarashi, onion rings, or raw onion. And $1 from each of these burgers will be donated to Maui Relief. So that's happening Monday, August 28th. At 5 p.m. at 138 Degrees Restaurant, 1450 West Horizon Ridge Parkway, suite 205 in Henderson.
0: That guy that ate the big kahuna burgers when I <laughs> them, he got shot in the face by um
1: right. By he Sam said Jackson. what he said what again, man. <laughs> he said what again, man. Don't say what. Uh and one last thing for you to celebrate the return of the B-52's Love Shack Las Vegas residency to the Venetian theater inside the Venetian Resort. Pink Box, Do- Pink Box Donuts and Live Nation Las Vegas have partnered for an exclusive one-day promotion on Thursday, August 31st. That day, six participating Pink Box donated I can't say donuts today. Pink <laughs> Box Donuts locations around Las Vegas will offer the B-52's Donut, a treat inspired by the world's greatest party band's Love Shack Las Vegas residency, featuring groovy tie-dye frosting on a raised donut filled with confetti whip and topped with B-52's logo decor. Those donuts, some of those donuts, excuse me, will have special pink tickets, and those are random, awarding one lucky customer at each location. That's six tries, guys. A pair of tickets to see the B-52's on September 3rd at the Venetian Theater. So if something...
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. I was <laughs> going to say, so if something chokes you, don't, I mean, you know, you get something weird in your donut, right so spit it out, don't, don't swallow Don't eat it. It that could be a golden ticket. ticket
1: or the pink ticket in this case. Visit pinkboxdonuts.com for official
0: rules. So two more quick news items as I scan my inbox for updates on a couple of things. You may have heard about the sudden and unexpected closing of Martin Yan's MY Asia in the Horseshoe, which was, I believe, first reported by our friend Scott Robin at casino.org. Yan is a friend of this show, so I reached out to who I thought were his people, but I haven't had much luck. Um, Caesars is deferring all questions to his team, to Yan's team, that is, noting that this was an independently operated restaurant, and his local NDPR reps are no longer repping him. So I've come up with nothing on this one so far, other than to just tell you that the restaurant is closed. And hot off the presses, Life is Beautiful has announced its culinary lineup for the year. Uh, over 50 restaurants will be represented. Those in the general admission area include Delilah, Anima by EDO, Metro Pizza, Vetro Cucini, Sparrow and Wolf. I said Cucini. I meant Vetro <laughs> Vetri Cucina. You guys know I love Mark R- Vetri's restaurant at the Palms. Anyway, Sparrow and Wolf will be there. La Strega, Harlow, Pizza Rock, Main Street Provisions, Casa Playa, Esther's Kitchen, Echo and Rig. I can't just keep going on and on. There's just going to be a ton of them. There will also be a section dedicated just to pizza that's going to be curated by Vincent Rotolo of Good Pie and feature right now nine amazing local operators Jolene Menina is once again running the Omakase Cantina, which provides sit-down omakase dinners from a single chef each day. Um, those are a separate ticket price, of course. And this year, they will be spotlighting Vetri Cucina, Delilah, and Harlow Strega in combination by Chef Gina Marinelli. You can get more info over on the Life is Beautiful site, I believe. And that is about it for this week big thanks to Brian Howard, Nina Manchev, Chris Gelnor, and Giovanni Morrow, and anybody else who I may have forgotten. We will be back next week with more of this fun craziness. Until then, with Samantha Gemini Stevens and Rich Johnson, I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry.